The Morning Blend, a triple shot of Catholicism, conversation, and coffee. David and Brenda start your day with a fresh cup of joy and inspiration, whether it's through interviews, news, music, or prayer. It's all viewed through a Catholic lens. It's The Morning Blend on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Mater Day Radio. And a very good Thursday morning to you. It is April 6th, 7 a.m. David and Brenda with you on The Morning Blend. Thank you so much for joining us. Glad you stepped in and are part of the show because this is our Friday show on a Thursday. On a Friday show on a Thursday. On a Thursday. So Thursday. We, we know that Fridays are always kind of a fun time here at Mater Day Radio, so we're just going to move the fun to a holy Thursday. That's right. Still respectful. Yes. But still a whole lot of fun. How could we not celebrate uh, this Easter Triduum moving into the celebration of the resurrection of the Lord? It is the highest feast and celebrations of our entire liturgical year. That is very true. So yes, uh, we're off tomorrow for Good Friday, so thank you for that, and uh, we'll enjoy being with you today as uh, we do this. Now we've got special programming too that's coming up, and in fact I already heard the first change this morning when many would have tuned in for morning Mass today. Instead they heard Mother Angelica. That is because the liturgy will be aired this evening as part of the Holy Thursday celebrations. So right. There's not. There was not a morning mass that I heard. So. And, and we'll have uh, special programming all through the weekend, really, for it, Easter. Exactly. Uh, mass, I think, from the Vatican also for Easter Sunday. There's a whole lineup of things that yeah. uh, we've got in store. But the morning blend first. That is today. That's today. And here we are. How are you today? I'm doing well. Good. I'm I'm excited for this uh, liturgical season. Of course, the good deacon, he's been practicing his exalted. I bet you he's busy. He's busy. It yeah. starts today and uh, just really looking forward to it. We're real thankful to be able to celebrate the Easter season or the the Triduum and then Easter season with our, our, our new parish there at Holy Redeemer in Vancouver. So right. they do things. They all do it a little bit differently, but... Sure. Yet still the same. The <laughs> Holy Thursday Mass, that is the washing of the feet, is it not? It is. Yeah. And it's also another very special day, too. Uh, Pope Francis pointed this out. It's the birthday of the priesthood. Oh, wow. That's what he called it. It's the institution of the Eucharist at the Last Supper. Right. Uh, was the, also the institution of the priesthood. Mm-hmm. And so... Say happy birthday to the priesthood today when you see your priest. Absolutely. So it's been quite a few years now, but I was privileged enough to be one of the people to come up on the altar and have my feet washed by the priest. Nice. At that time, it was Monsignor Tim Murphy who was... uh, Filling in at St. John Fisher at the time. It's a humbling experience. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it really is. A special experience, but certainly a humbling one. Uh, I think that people, when they are asked to be part of that, uh, they, it can be a little nervous, like, oh, wait. Yeah. I, don't, you know. I was. Yeah, yeah. It, it can be. But then at the end, you go, well, I'm so grateful Absolutely. that I was able to be part of that. So that's a great honor. It was. And the key was? Wear sandals so you can fl- take them off Just really quickly. Just take them off and put them back on. <laughs> you don't okay. want to be up there tying your shoes. You know, so across take me a while. The, yep, across the archdiocese, both in the southern deanery of Seattle, but here also in Portland, those are uh, lots of people. If you think about 12 people from every parish right. across the archdiocese, that's a lot of people. It so, is. Uh, 
enjoy but, enjoy yeah, the moment very and, special and see moment. it as a blessing for yeah, sure i definitely did and uh, always think back about that and really really appreciate being able to participate in that and again just one of our holy services or holy thursday services as part of that so yeah, we've got a great show ahead yeah, let's today. Get it started. We're going to talk Ken. Yeah, Ken, Ken Helene is going to join us in our first interview segment because we're going to talk about the triduum. You Trid- told me this. I I said to you uh, yesterday, just kind of triduum, and you no 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 triduum. Triduum. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's two syllables there. Yes. Yeah, so. Get it right. Me, who <laughs> is notorious for saying everything right. incorrectly, I do know how to say triduum. Yeah. So we'll talk. To, we'll get into the little history of that with Ken. What do you have coming up? Well, also, as I said, it is the birthday of the priesthood, and Pope Francis celebrates the Chrism Mass with priests, bishops, and cardinals as they renewed their promises made at their ordination. I'll tell you more about it. All right, great show ahead. Here is Sarah Kroger with Lenten Music to begin our morning run to the cross. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life.
That is Sarah Kroger and Run to the Cross. It's 7-11 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. David and Brenda with you on this Holy Thursday. Thank you so much for being with us. Well, coming up, we're going to talk with our good friend Ken Hellenius. We're going to talk about the Triduum. That's after the forecast. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Good morning. Please join me, Father Martin King, pastor of St. Thomas More Catholic School and parish in this morning prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. O God, enlighten my mind with truth, inflame my heart with love, inspire my will with courage, enrich my life with service, pardon what I have been, sanctify what I am. Order what I shall be, and thine shall be the glory, and mine eternal salvation. Through Jesus Christ, my Lord. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless. For more prayer resources, please visit our website at materdayradio.com or check the prayer section on the new Hail Mary Media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Mount Hood Hospice. For more than 40 years, Mount Hood Hospice has been serving those in their final stages of life with loving care in East Multnomah and Clackamas counties. With a compassionate medical and spiritual support team, hospice services are provided wherever the patient lives. With the top listing on Medicare's Care Compare, information online at mounthoodhospice.org. Easter is coming. Let Mater Dei Radio walk with you through this Holy Week as we prepare our hearts through the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We'll fill the end of Lent and the Triduum with special programming to help you go deeper into this holy season, including the Easter Vigil Mass from the Vatican. In addition, Mater Dei Radio's dedicated team of prayer warriors will be enthusiastically interceding for your personal intentions during this Holy Week. Reach out to them now at 503-285-3737. That's 503-285-3737. Or submit your particular request to the prayer page at MatraDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary Media app. Prepare your heart for Easter with deep spiritual reflection and prayer. Make your journey through this Holy Week with Matraday Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. here at Mater Day Radio. Well, rain picked up overnight and that's continuing to fall this morning. Now, temperature is also going to be a little warmer with that as snow levels in the mountains, David, it's pushing up to 5,000 feet by the end of the weekend. It's getting warmer up there. Now, daytime here uh, in over the week today, it's in the lower 50s and overnight we stay just in the upper 40s. 
And the rain continues. In fact, it continues through the weekend and all the way into next week. All right. 46 degrees at Our Lady of Sorrows Church in Portland. And it is 45 degrees at Holy Redeemer Catholic Church in Vancouver. Sometimes hilarious, always hilarious. It's Keeping Up with Ken Hellenius on Mater Day Radio. And he is the host of Living Stones, heard every Monday evening at 7.30 right here on Mater Day Radio or anytime on the Hail Mary Media app. And our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana, we welcome to the show Ken Hellenius. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm well. How are you this morning, David? I'm doing well. Thank you so much. You a golfer? Not at all. <laughs> Not, Not at, at all. all. Okay, well, there you go. So I, I was going to ask you what your handicap is, but you probably don't have one. Uh, I'm, I'm going to admit, I don't even really know what that means. <laughs> I, I hear it, but uh, no, I, I'm, uh, I've tried playing once or twice and realized that it was way out of my skill set. Well, that that's okay. I only ask you that because I was going to see if you were just going to be planted in front of the television all weekend long watching the Masters. Oh, now that's where they have the uh, the green jacket and that's the pimento it. cheese sandwiches. <laughs> there you go. See, you know that. That's good. So uh, <laughs> you, you are somewhat of a golfer from just knowing that in itself. So uh, congratulations on that. But yes, it, it's the Masters <laughs> this weekend, and uh, it's it's a, a tradition unlike any other. That's what they say. Oh, I, uh, I've heard the phrase, and of course, I've, I've caught it on television. I do like watching golf on, on uh, TV. Um, but uh, I don't play, but yeah, I, uh, um, and I really would like to have one of these pimento cheese sandwiches, which I hear (laughs) about all the time. So, you know, uh, everybody has their level of interest. You know, you could have that on a Friday. Uh, that's true. It is the perfect, uh, it is the perfect uh, Friday food. Uh, now of course I would have to limit myself tomorrow uh, for good Friday being a fast day, but I could have one sandwich. And then I can have a portion of a sandwich uh, uh, for another meal. There you as go. As long as it doesn't add up to a whole sandwich. That's perfect. So Brenda and I were talking about this, and for her, like her Lenten sacrifice, she was she's a person who drinks coffee with uh, you know cream and and some sugar, those sorts of things. But for Lent, she said, "I'm just going to drink black coffee." So the question was. When does her Lenten sacrifice have to end so she can go back to the coffee that she likes? Yeah, so I have good news and bad news for her. Okay. The good news is that, that Lent does actually end today, correct? Yeah. Um, and it ends uh, typically with the beginning of the uh, Mass for the uh, Lord's Supper, which is the Mass that will be celebrated tonight. Now, mm-hmm. that has to happen after um, basically four o'clock okay. uh, is, is uh, so, but uh, the bad news is, of course, that's far too late to be drinking coffee because <laughs> then she'll be up all night long and that's not the way you want to begin your triduum. So, um, so yeah, uh, it does end at, and basically at the end, at the end of the liturgical day today. Okay. Uh, uh, so 4 PM typically, you know, much like the same when we do a Saturday evening vigil of Sunday mm-hmm. Mass. It always has to begin after a certain time. Right. Um, and so it's much the same today. And uh, most dioceses in the United States, that's uh, 4 o'clock. I know here on campus, our 
celebration of the Mass of the Lord's Supper is at 5 p.m., uh, but uh, like at my parish, it's 7 p.m., so whatever time that is is when Lent ends for me. Well, Ken, you know, it does seem, though, for me, a little overindulgence and not recognizing the solemnity of a good Friday morning to indulge in that super mocha, extra sharp latte foo-foo that I would ordinarily. (laughs) So I think in my case, I am going to hold off to that beautiful Easter morning and and partake in a wonderful brunch. Uh, My son was also after this, too, because he enjoys those energy drinks. And so he was trying to convince me that it would be okay for him to have his energy drinks that he gave up for Lent. But I think that uh, I will use my mom card. Uh, Some others might (laughs) refer to it as the guilt card and say, you know what, son, let's hold off. Let's hold off. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think you're right. Uh, It's funny you mentioned, you know, coffee drinks and things like that. I I once read, uh, I think on on, uh, Twitter, somebody said, you know, if you drink your coffee, with, you know, two-thirds of it is whole milk, and then it's got four pumps of sugar and whipped cream and foam and all those. You don't actually like coffee. You just like milkshakes that are partially melted. (laughs) Absolutely. There you go. That's right. (laughs) So we were talking uh, going into the show today about the word triduum. The word triduum. I Brenda corrected me yesterday because I just said tritum one time, and she goes, no, it's triduum. So what is the origin of that word? Yeah, it's it's actually kind of built right into the word itself. It it's uh, it means simply three days. Uh, so uh, tri, of course, like like right. a triangle has three three sides. A uh, triduum. Duum is uh, from the Latin word for day. Uh, Da's uh, duum, uh, and so um, it it really means the three days that we celebrate liturgically in the church as one. And this is what we call the sacred Paschal Triduum is the, is the formal title for uh, what we are entering into in Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and Holy Saturday through the Easter Vigil inclusive. Uh, and so we celebrate these as one, um, one uh, kind of, as I say, one liturgical feast. So right. you'll notice what happens is we begin tonight with the um, Mass of the Lord's Supper, and it ends with us uh, proce- uh, processing from the church to a- an altar of repose, where we where we uh, take the Eucharist and we and we repose the Eucharist, which we will then um, partake on Good Friday. We don't have Mass on Good Friday. On Good Friday, we will have the reading of the Passion and the uh, veneration of the cross and uh, the the wonderful set of intercessions. And then we will receive the Eucharist, which is uh, reserved or left over from tonight's Mass. Uh, and so there is no Mass on Good Friday. Uh, and, and it also doesn't begin with the sign of the cross on Good Friday, because we're still in the same liturgical act. Mm. We, we started on Holy Thursday, and, and we don't really wrap it up. And when you come back, if you were to go back into your parish church after the Holy Thursday Mass tonight, um, we strip the altar. We strip the sanctuary bare. Right. And so when we go in on Friday, we uh, for the uh, celebration of the Lord's Passion, it's a very spare, sparse uh, uh, liturgical setting. The, mm. the church is, is bare. The crosses are covered. The statues are covered. Um, you know, because the attention is on the the word and uh, and upon the the cross 
that we venerate together. Uh, and so, yeah, we celebrate this all as one long um, celebration, liturgical celebration. Right. It goes on for three days. Very good. That's great. That's great to know the origin of Triduum, what it means, and then finally, as we wrap it up this morning, this all leads up to obviously Easter. So, as we close today, give me you know your thoughts about Easter and the joy of that. Uh, I can wrap. I can give you my thought about Easter in one word. Yeah. Alleluia. Mm. Uh, you know, we buried the Alleluia. Uh, at the beginning of Lent, and, we, and it's a word we don't sing because it is a word of absolute joy. It really means praise Yah, praise God, uh, you know, Yahweh being, of course, God's name that he reveals uh, to Moses uh, at the burning bush. So, Alleluia is for us, it is truly a song of great joy, and it is praise for God who has promised to, uh, it, it's a praise for Christ, who is our God, who in our baptism uh, brings us with him to the resurrection. Mm. And so for me, that's what the joy of Easter is, is that, that reminder we will hear at the Easter vigil. Do you not know that you who have been baptized into Christ's death will be resurrected like him? That's the joy and the promise and the hope that Easter uh, really represents. Mm, beautiful. And the so. vigil is a joyful celebration of it, and it goes on for 50 days. So that's, that's what right. we have to look forward to. Wonderful. He is Ken Hellenius. He's the host of Living Stones Heard every Monday evening, 7.30, right here on Mater Day Radio, anytime on the Hail Mary Media app, and our man at the University of Notre Dame in South Bend, Indiana. Ken, great to talk with you. Thank you for the words on the Triduum, and uh, we wish you a very, very blessed rest of Holy Week and a joyful Easter. I will see you in Easter time, my friend. Wonderful. Thank you. God bless. Take care. And it is 724 here at Mater Day Radio, where we have been working all Lent here at the radio station to help you have a very blessed and holy Lenten season. And as we enter into this Easter Triduum beginning this evening, well, we have special programming available to you, live events happening from the Vatican. You want to tune into all of that. And if you want to know what's coming up, well, head over to our webpage at materdayradio.com. There at the top of the page, you'll see Lenten and Holy Week resources. And then there, well, you'll find the live schedule of what we have coming up for you. Well, it's beginning today. It is our special Holy Week programming. Find the schedule at materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. My name is Ed Longhois. As a reporter for the Catholic Sentinel for 30 years, I wrote about Catholic Charities of Oregon often. Now, as Communications Director for Catholic Charities, I see the inside scoop. And let me tell you, I admire Catholic Charities even more. Our staff walk neighborhoods to assist homeless people. We build affordable housing and coach people on managing finances. 
We offer mental health counseling across cultures, and there's a lot more. Believe me, the streets of Oregon are safer, cleaner, and kinder because of Catholic Charities, your church social services arm. And so, I want to invite you to our Celebration of Hope. Set for Friday, April 21st at the Portland Art Museum, it will be an evening of joy, great food, and stories about how, with your help, Catholic Charities helps people move forward in hope. For details, including how to join online, go to catholiccharitiesoregon.org and scroll down to events. That's catholiccharitiesoregon.org or call 503-688-2564. That's 503-688-2564. As we surpass three decades of broadcasting, all of us at Mater Dei Radio are thankful for the many blessings this special radio ministry provides to our Catholic community. To ensure that our faith continues to thrive in today's media, we hope you will consider including Mater Dei Radio in your estate planning. There are many estate planning options to choose from, but one way would be to include Mater Dei Radio as a beneficiary in your will. More information on estate planning is on our website at materdayradio.com. Want an eye-opener in the morning without the caffeine? It's the Morning Blend with David and Brenda on Mater Dei Radio. 727 and Mater Day Radio and new numbers are out on Oregon's homelessness. We'll have those for you in the news. And today it's the birthday of the priesthood. And I'll tell you how Pope Francis is celebrating that coming up in two minutes. Here is Ali Aliyah and Jealous Love. And we are the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Ali Alia and Jealous Love. It's 7.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. 
And in your news this hour, Pope Francis has offered advice for how to have a fruitful Holy Week, urging people to focus on the essentials and look to the cross as the source of hope. In his last public audience Wednesday before the start of the Paschal Triduum, the Pope noted how many people today who walk down the street appear sad, focused only on their cell phones, but without peace and without hope. And he urged people to eliminate useless things that are substitutes for hope during Holy Week to focus on the true source of hope found in Christ. Eric Rosales from EWTN News Nightly. Well, he has more. Pope Francis reminds the faithful not to let resentment or sadness inflict our lives. In his weekly talk to pilgrims at the Vatican, the Holy Father says we should never lose hope regardless of our situation, because just as things look bleak after the death of our Lord, if we trust God, something good can be just around the corner. Now, Pope Francis offered the Holy Week reflection in his first general audience after being released from Gemelli Hospital, where he was being treated for bronchitis. And at the end of the Wednesday audience, Pope Francis appealed for peace in Ukraine and asked people to pray for victims of war during Holy Week. Well, Oregon experienced one of the nation's largest increases in homelessness between 2020 and 22, according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's 2022 Annual Homelessness Assessment Report to Congress. The number of people experiencing homelessness in Oregon grew nearly 23 percent during the two-year span, increasing by a little over 3,300 people to about 18,000, according to a federally mandated physical count of homelessness individuals. Now, the rate was well above the national average of less than 1% growth in people experiencing homelessness and far outstripped that of the other West Coast states, with Washington experiencing a 10% hike and California a 6% increase. Officials say lack of affordable housing, just one of the reasons for the dramatic increase. And the city of Tigard, they're taking steps to help families experiencing homelessness find transitional housing. Now, the city council voted last month to turn the quality in on Southwest Pacific Highway into a homeless shelter for struggling families. This is done through the state program Project Turnkey, which acquires and converts motels or hotels into shelters for people experiencing homelessness. Now, struggling families will be able to stay in the hotel for a few months while they get back on their feet. The hotel will be able to accommodate about 70 families. The nonprofit Family Promise of Tualatin Valley will be managing the hotel shelter. In a statement, they said the program will provide a safe, supportive place for families to get back on their feet and do the hard work in order to get into more permanent housing. Well, a new study is pointing to the fact of how important it is to get a good night's sleep. Uh-huh. Yeah. In fact, researchers found the more sleep problems you have, the greater risk of stroke. The study published Wednesday in the journal Neurology analyzed data from more than 4,500 people participating in a large international study of patients who have experienced a stroke. Now, results showed people who slept less than five hours a night on average were three times more likely to have a stroke than those who got seven hours of sleep, which is the recommended minimum for adults. Now, risk factors include snoring, snorting, tossing and turning, 
napping for a long time during the day and waking up during the night. So practicing good sleep hygiene, eating a healthy diet, and getting regular exercise are all key ways to reduce the negative impact of sleep disorders and reduce stroke and cardiovascular risk. So are you a snorter when you sleep? I don't think so. All right. Not typically, no, I'm not. Although I do notice the good deacon, if he's been on travel, like yeah. if he's been you know, flying across the country, readjusting to the time change, he might be a snorer in yeah. the middle of the night just because from over-exhaustion. Sure. Uh, listening to that report reminds me of why teenagers are so healthy because, boy, oh, they can sleep a long time. Mm-hmm. There you go. Well, on Holy Thursday, Pope Francis presided over a chrism mass at which more than 1,800 priests, bishops, and cardinals renewed the promises made at their ordinations. Now, Pope Francis thanked the priests for the hidden good that they do, often in a ministry carried out with great effort and little recognition. In his homily, the Pope said that on the birthday of the priesthood, he wanted to highlight the vital present that the Holy Spirit plays in the ministry and life of every priest. Holy Thursday celebrates the institution of the Eucharist and the institution of the sacrament of the priesthood at the Last Supper. Pope Francis will celebrate a Mass of the Lord's Supper on Thursday evening at a youth detention center in Rome. Now, During the Vatican's Chrism Mass, the Pope, as the Bishop of Rome, blessed the oil of the sick, the oil of the catechumens, and the chrism oil, which will be used in the diocese during the coming year. Forty-seven cardinals... 42 bishops and 1,800 priests living in Rome can celebrate the Mass together. Right. Uh, isn't that lovely? It's C- quite peaceful. It very is. As CBS announcer Jim Nance says, it's a tradition like any other, unlike any other, a tradition unlike any other. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm talking about the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta, Georgia, with the opening round underway this morning at beautiful Augusta National. It's the 87th edition of the Masters with 88 players hoping to win the coveted Green Jacket. Scotty Scheffler is your defending champion. He is one of the co-favorites, along with Rory McIlroy. Tiger Woods will be there for his 25th time. Isn't that amazing? So Woods, by the way, is the last player to win the Masters back-to-back. That was in 2002. 2002 and then 2003. I think it was 2001, 2002. 2002. Amazing. What a long career. Amazing that he's been able to recover from that terrible car accident. Yeah. And and, I mean, he still still limps. You can see him sometimes when he's walking that he has that. But still, he's there. And so we'll see. But yeah, tough tournament to win. That just shows you. Nobody has won it back-to-back since 2002. Wow. That's incredible. I feel the need for a pimento cream cheese sandwich (laughs) now. That's (laughs) right. Well, the church continues a long-standing tradition on Holy Thursday of washing people's feet during Mass. And Philip Kozlowski from Alatea points out that the tradition seeks to imitate Jesus' act of service when he washed the feet of his 12 apostles. And as a result, priests and bishops select 12 individuals to come forward during Holy Thursday Mass to have their feet washed. However, St. Gregory the Great, well, he ended up washing the feet of 13 
individuals. And the St. Andrew Daily Missal explains what happened. It says, according to a tradition, the alteration was made by St. Gregory the Great, this holy pope, when washing the feet of 12 poor men, noticed one more, very a very beautiful countenance. And when he tried to know who he was after the ceremony, the mysterious poor had disappeared. St. Gregory believed it was an angel or our Lord himself. Ah. Now, this tradition was revived by St. Paul VI, who, according to the New York Times, washed the feet of 13 priests. While all other Catholic bishops will wash the feet of only 12, the Pope washes 13, he said. And he does this in this memory of a legend dating back to the papacy of St. Gregory the Great early in the 7th century. It is said that St. Gregory, while performing this ceremony, noticed that stranger had entered the group, thus the 13th person. While it is impossible to verify the truth behind this legend, the tradition reminds us that we should treat everyone as if they were Jesus. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. And this Friday at 3 o'clock, you can join in Stations of the Cross right through downtown Portland with St. Michael's Catholic Church. As Jesus walked through the streets of Jerusalem, St. Michael parishioners invite the community to join them in walking through the streets of downtown Portland, bearing public witness to his self-giving for all. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com, and of course, the Hail Mary media app. Well, it is Garden Catechism. It's interesting. You're going to hear about that right after the forecast. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. This is Father Thomas Nathy, the pastor of Holy Redeemer Parish in Vancouver, Washington. Let us pray the prayer for priests by St. Therese of Lisieux. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, eternal priest, keep your priests within the shelter of your sacred heart, where none may touch them. Keep unstained their anointed hands, which daily touch your sacred body. Keep unsullied their lips, daily purpled with your precious blood. Keep pure and unearthly their hearts, sealed with the sublime mark of the priesthood. Let your holy love surround them and shield them from the world's contagion. Bless their labors with abundant fruit, and may the souls to whom they minister be their joy and consolation here and in heaven their beautiful and everlasting crown. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including the Tara Umara Children's Hospital Fund of Oregon. The TCHF has a 20-year history that is now focusing on the sustainability to support the long-term efforts of the mission in the Copper Canyon region of Mexico. Information is available on their website at tchforegon.org. 
Hello, I'm Kevin Doran. And I'm Carla Wehrman, co-host of Sunday Commentary. Join us every weekend on Monterey Radio, Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8, as we break down the scripture readings so you can better prepare to enter into the beauty and mystery of the Holy Mass. It's fun, fast, and faith-filled. Let us share our love of the good news with you. Saturday mornings at 7 and Sunday mornings at 8 on Modern Day Radio. The bridge between your faith and everyday life. It is 7.43 at Mater Day Radio. Well, it looks like it might be a little damp out there when you're trying to find those Easter eggs this weekend. We've got rain today, high of 54 degrees. Rain tonight, low of 46. And then showers pretty much Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Highs, though, not too bad. You know, mid-50s, mid-upper 50s, and lows right around 42. I'll pray that there'll be just a little bit of a sun break in there, which is Absolutely. possible on Sunday. Yes. Currently, though, it is 44 degrees at St. Anne's Catholic Church out in Gresham. And 47 degrees at O'Hara Catholic School in Eugene. Well, are you feeling that need to get on some gloves and get out in your garden and get it ready for the year? Well, we know it's been a soggy spring so far here in the Pacific Northwest, but there are things that we can get started and Get planning. Master Gardener Margaret Reilly, A Gardener's Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition on How to Grow Them, is the perfect practical guide to creating a garden that is more than just landscape. Margaret Rose is joining me today to encourage you to get outside and let your garden be your spiritual guide. Good morning, Margaret. Thank you so much for joining us on The Morning Blend. Well, thank you for having me. Well, first for our listeners, tell us about how you became kind of a lover of things that grow in the dirt. Well, it started when I was probably about three years old, and I can very clearly remember going through my father's perfectly manicured lawn, pulling up little teeny tiny buttercups that were trailing throughout. The family business was also greenhousing. So I grew up in the green industry all of my life and then went to university uh, and studied as well. Well, Margaret, we talk about, you know, what it was like in biblical times and what Scripture tells us about the kinds of plants, not only that they grew, but the different kinds of fruits and vegetables they ate. Does the Bible give us a wealth of information about what was happening during that time, what they were growing, or do we have to look at all of the other resources and just kind of a historical understanding of the Holy Land and what grows there? I think your understanding with looking at the Holy Land historically and the seasons and what was growing during that period, some of it is referenced in the Bible by name, but a lot of it is very general. Um, The flowers of the field is a very good example because they're are several that would have been in flower during the time of the Passion. In fact, the Shroud of Turin, which is referenced in the book, also talks about um, how they pinpoint the date of the um, crucifixion based on the pollens and the flowers, and they can also tell the region that it took place in, because some of the plants are very specific to only certain areas in the um, Holy Land. Well, Margaret, yeah, we Portland here, we are called the Rose City, and we know that many hybridists, they go through and they create roses with different fragrances and a, just a vibrancy of color. And in your book, you talk a little bit about vintage-style color, botanical drawings. What does that mean, and what can we think about when we look at vintage-style color? Um, I was talking about vintage design of the illustrations, 
Um, I was, uh, the artist did a wonderful job of using some of your basic colors in uh, her artistry. And then there's mm. also a reference in the book about the uh, traditional and modern colors of like the rosary um, and the mysteries that are related to it. Oh, it's beautiful. You can pray your rosary and just look at your garden. I think those are two things that absolutely go perfectly together. That's a little bit about what you'll learn in Margaret Rose Reilly's new book, A Garden Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition and How to Grow Them. Well, Margaret, let's talk a little bit about some of the symbolism in Christian literature and art and folklore. You mentioned buttercups in the beginning of our interview. Tell our listeners the symbolism of that beautiful flower. Well, the one I'm referring to in the book is called the Persian buttercup, which is a ranunculus. And there's just a lovely little Italian folk legend that talks about Jesus, possibly after he had risen on Easter morning or after his uh, ascension. He wanted to give his Holy Mother a gift that would always be a light on earth of his love for her. Um, he gathered up, the story goes, he gathered up the tiniest stars and transformed them into these little five-petal buttercups and scattered them about for his mother to see wherever she roamed. This is one of the reasons um, why these bright yellow flowers are used to decorate Mediterranean churches during Holy Week. And um, the native species buttercup um, that blooms out through eastern Mediterranean has a common Hebrew name of to give light, to shine. And another legend about the monoculus, this, this little yellow flower, relates to the rainbow and that God's promise to Noah. The golden flowers of buttercups are said to grow wherever the rainbow touched the earth, which led to the story about the pot of gold. Well, we also know that when I look at my garden, I picked out a plant one time from the from a local gardener because it was covered with bees. For whatever reason, the bees were really attracted to this one. And I thought, well, that's the kind of plant that I want in my yard. Is that important also to think about when we're, we're creating a garden that those things that bring life towards it, butterflies mm. and, and bees and those kinds of things, so that way, well, not only you're enjoying your garden, well, so is all of God's creation. That's very true, and it's very important, and it is one of the um, symbols that I use in the book it has to do with pollinator attraction. And it is to draw in the hummingbirds, bees, butterflies, any pollinators, flies. They all um, are important for our food supply. And, uh, yeah, it's very important to have that in the garden. And I do include that in the book so that people, when they do choose a flower, they can look to see if it's uh, going to fulfill that need. Well, one of the things also that is not only attractive to the eye, but we talk about how our own spiritual life is just enhanced by the beauty of what's in your garden, the joy that it brings you to be out in really creation and cultivating you know, fruits and vegetables, even flower. You talk a little bit also in your book about how to craft a prayer garden and selecting the right plants for that. What do you mean by that? Well, I call it a garden of visible prayer. And interesting that you should ask about that. Um, our Sunday visitor who published this book has accepted a companion book to this, which is about creating that garden. And that book um, should be coming out um, in a while. But what I wanted to say is that when you create a garden of visible prayer, you want to establish what is important to you. You want to discern what leads you into 
you know, a sense of prayer. And it's not the whole landscape. It's a very small portion. It could be the corner between the deck and the garage. Um, it could be that back fence area between the houses. It's just a small space that you can go and you can sit and you would include um, elements that are important to you, such as possibly an icon or, you know, a cross or a statue, um, anything that is reflective. And then the plants you would select would also be based, well, not only on your, you know, your, your zone that you live in and the uh, environment, but what plants speak to you personally. Um, I would not be interested in growing a rose, even though it's very popular in your area. Um, for me, a rose is thorny and prickly, and it okay. doesn't, lead, doesn't lead me to prayer. I would be more inclined to have a shady garden in that I would choose that the Lord would protect me from the burning sun of our society, you know, and the things that are harsh. So it just, whatever leads you into prayer, whether um, it's in a shade garden or uh, you want a sunny location, vivid, bright colors or things that are muted, or maybe you just like greens. I'm very fond of the texture of hostas and Lenten roses, those sort of things that have different colored greens in them that are very soft. And green is a color of uh, eternity because it's, it's ever growing. So when you're creating a prayer garden for yourself, you really want to focus on what leads you to prayer. And there's a section in the book that helps you go through the process of discerning that. Well, Margaret, I'm just feeling so inspired right now to get into my garden, but I want to find out more about what I need to do to get planting. I am coming up against my break. Can you stay with me through the break so we can continue in our next half hour? Yeah, I'd like to talk about the St. Fia Cray Garden if we could. That's a vegetable garden. And it is 7.52 at Mater Day Radio. It's David and Brenda with you on this Holy Thursday. Well, one of the ways you can support Mater Day Radio is through our vehicle donation program. If you have an old car, truck, boat, motorcycle, RV, you can donate that vehicle to Mater Day Radio. Just go to our website, click on the Get Involved menu, Vehicle Donation. All the information is right there for you. It's really quick and easy and a likely tax deduction for you as well. It is Mater Day Radio's vehicle donation program on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco, family dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. Broadcasting the fullness of truth, this is Mater Day Radio. KBVM Portland, Salem, Vancouver. KMME Cottage Grove, Eugene, Springfield. Translator K235BF Eugene and streaming at materdayradio.com. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Aloha, this is Bear Wozniak coming to you from Waikiki Beach with another Deep Virtue segment. 
You know, I, I'm an athlete and I've competed in surfing, and we do ex, uh, tandem surfing expression sessions around the world. And uh, so we have to stay in shape. And uh, you know, it takes a little bit of conditioning to to paddle out and lift a woman over your head while you're surfing. I guess so. I have a, a rigorous discipline that I I utilize to stay in shape. Every day I go through uh, basically the same workout, and it keeps me physically conditioned and ready for uh, all the different conditions that the ocean can throw at you. Well, we need to apply that same discipline to our our prayer life, to our spirit. Life. One of the great things that the churches has given us is this beautiful book called the Liturgy of the Hour. All deacons and nuns and religious are uh, vowed to pray the Liturgy of the Hour through the day. My father is a deacon. I was fortunate enough that he would he gave me the Liturgy of the Hour and showed me how to use it. And I was like, where did this come from? This is, was such a well kept secret. Well, now you can get the Divine Office app, or you can go to Laudate and get it. But I highly recommend that you incorporate the Liturgy of the Hour into your daily life. The Bible says that we should pray without ceasing. The liturgy of the hour has you start out with a short morning prayer and then a mid-morning prayer, then a midday prayer, afternoon prayer, evening prayer, nighttime prayer. And then there's this one thing I never miss. If I if I have a busy day and I can't do it, I always do the office of readings. It's beautiful. It has a has a, a scripture verse and then it has the uh, a sermon by one of the great saints, maybe Gregory of Nicaea or Augustine or Thomas Aquinas, but you get such depth of insight and teaching. It's not pop theology. It's the ancient, ancient way. So I encourage you to uh, develop a discipline of the liturgy of the hour. This is Bear Wozniak with another deep virtue. You can find us at deepadventure.com. Aloha. Deep Virtue with Bear Wozniak. Find out more at deepadventure.com. The Benedictine Brewery Tap Room is a place of hospitality and fellowship, a place where all who come are welcome and where the peace of nearby Mount Angel Abbey permeates. Come for the beer, return to share the spirit of the monks of Mount Angel who brew craft beer in the tradition of the Belgian monks of old using local waters and hops grown on Abbey land. Taste and believe. Learn more at benedictinebrewery.com. That's benedictinebrewery.com. Hi, I'm Father Cedric Bizania. I'm a passionist, religious, and a Catholic priest, and the host of Live With Passion. My motto is touching lives and saving souls. I hope you will tune in each week on Modern Day Radio, Thursdays at 7.30 p.m. It's designed to inspire and encourage you. It's real practical. Talk about real-life issues, things that people are going through. I'm so grateful that you're listening to Modern Day Radio. Don't just live, live with passion. The Morning Blend. Check out our podcast at materdayradio.com. It is 757 at Mater Day Radio. And a word of warning about some eye drops. We'll have that for you in the news. And persecution of Catholics continue in Nicaragua. Holy Week celebrations are canceled by the government. I'll have that story for you coming up in news right after Awaken the Saint. Hey everyone, I'm Sophia with Awaken Catholic, and this is Awaken the Saint. Today we celebrate the feast of Saint Crescentia Hess, who embodies the great virtue of patience. Saint Crescentia was born Anna Hess in Germany in 1682. She had many siblings, among whom she was one of the youngest. She worked as a weaver like her father, but also spent a great deal of time in prayer at her parish church. She was devout even as a child and was allowed to receive her first communion at seven years old. It was her greatest wish to enter the local convent, but unfortunately, this convent was very poor and depended on dowries provided by its entrance just to stay afloat. The pittance her family supported themselves on wasn't nearly enough. 
so she was turned away when she first applied. Anna was not friendless, and in 1703, the mayor of the town, whom the convent owed a favor, begged on her behalf that she might be admitted. Anna took up the habit in the name Maria Crescentia, but her mother's superior, who had admitted her only begrudgingly, saw her as a leech to the convent. Following the mother superior's example, the sisters were harsh toward Crescentia. They assigned her menial tasks and treated her with contempt. When another sister entered the convent who was able to provide a dowry, Crescentia's cell was given away to this new arrival, and she was left without a proper place to sleep. Crescentia endured this treatment cheerfully for several years, until in 1707, the convent appointed a new mother superior who recognized her virtue. Crescentia was given the position of portress, making her the face of the convent to the public. In 1717, she was also made mistress of the novices. In time, the sisters, even those who had previously scorned Crescentia, completely changed their tune. They came to love and admire her so much that by 1741, she was unanimously elected as the convent's mother superior. Her reputation didn't just improve inside the convent. As Crescentia became more well-known, people began to write to her with questions and worries. As a result, she spent a great deal of time writing letters of consolation and advice. Even high-ranking members of the clergy wrote to her seeking wisdom. As her life in the convent got better, Crescentia's health steadily got worse. Over the years, she developed common headaches and toothaches and lost her ability to move around. By the time she had taken up leadership of the monastery, her whole body was paralyzed. Despite being in constant pain, she remained positive, even giving thanks to God for being able to suffer. For three years, Crescentia served as Mother Superior, improving the convent in many ways. In particular, she was very selective about who was allowed to enter the convent, choosing candidates based on not their wealth, but their character. In 1744, she died, and in 2001, she was canonized a saint. Crescentia was not just patient. She also accepted all the suffering in her life with grace. She knew that everything she had was from God, including her challenges, and she was thankful to receive them, knowing they were meant to be part of her life. St. Crescentia Hess, pray for us. And that is Awaken the Saint. For more information about the saints or for Lent and Holy Week resources, please download our free Hail Mary Media app. Details at materdayradio.com. It's 8 o'clock. And in your news, the dictatorship of Daniel Ortega and his wife, Vice President Rosario Murillo, hasn't declared a truce in its persecution of Catholic Church in Nicaragua, not even during Holy Week. Felix Maradiaga, a former political prisoner and also a former presidential candidate who was deported to the United States, told Catholic news agency Spanish language partner that the dictatorship expelled Panamanian priest Father Alanarcon from the country on Monday of Holy Week. He said they took him over the Honduran border. His crime was at Mass. He prayed for the release of Bishop Rolando Alvarez. Also on Monday of Holy Week, the police prohibited the tradition of the Syrians in the town of uh, Nindiri. Now, this tradition commemorates Simon of Cyrene, who helped Christ carry his cross on his way to Calvary. The Nicaraguan newspaper also reported that on Monday of Holy Week, the Ortega regime canceled the traditional aquatic way of the cross that has been held for more than 40 years. The Ortega regime then decided 
They would carry out their own version of the Via Crucis on the lake, but without a priest to pray and lead the 14 meditations and respective stations. And on Holy Week, Pope Francis presided over a chrism mass at which more than 1,800 priests, bishops, and cardinals renewed the promise made at their ordination. Pope Francis thanked the priests for the hidden good that they do, often in a ministry carried out with great effort and little recognition, he said. And in his homily, the Pope said that on the birthday of the priesthood, he wanted to highlight the vital present that the Holy Spirit plays in the ministry and life of every priest. Now, Holy Thursday commemorates the institution of the Eucharist and institution of the sacrament of the priesthood at the Last Supper. You know, that is a perfect time for the Pope's Tweet of the Day. Communication in the church has come a long way. First, monks had to transcribe the Bible by hand. Then came the Gutenberg Press. And now, there's Twitter. It's the Pope's Tweet of the Day. And here is Pope Francis' Tweet of the Day. Without the Lord's Spirit, there can be no Christian life. Without His anointing, there can be no holiness. It is fitting that today, on the birthday of the priesthood, we acknowledge that He is at the origin of the ministry the life and vitality of every pastor. Oh, amen to that. Where would our church be without mm-hmm. our priests? So thank our priest today on the birthday of his yeah, vocation. That's exactly right. Well, it has been a very difficult and tragic time in the central U.S. the past couple of days as tornadoes have just hammered the region. At least five people were killed when a tornado struck Bollinger County, Missouri, in the overnight hours Wednesday. Residents there are beginning to comb through the extensive damage, with many homes reduced to rubble. At least 87 structures have been damaged, according to authorities there. After touring Bollinger County, Governor Mike Parson said, when you look at the devastation of this, it's going to be weeks upon months to be able to recover. It's a long journey ahead for the people that live here. So storms from Texas to the northeast could bring with them a slight flood threat today and Friday. Around 7 million people are under flood watches. Well, registration for summer activities and fall sport leagues operated by Vancouver Parks, Recreation and Cultural Services opens at 7 a.m. on April 12th. That's next week. Now, registration for summer camp day camp fills up quickly and space is limited. And a new payment plan was created to support families who rely on recreation day camps as safe child care options during the summer and prefer to pay tuition fees on a weekly basis instead of up front at the time of registration. Now, in addition to the usual summer day camps for ages 6 to 10, there's also a new teen adventure camp offered this year for ages 11 to 14. And the Access to Recreation, the ATR camp, is open to ages 13 and over and designed for people with disabilities. And besides the day camp, summer registration boasts a wide range of recreation opportunities for children and adults, including swim lessons, rock climbing, sports camps, dance classes, David, watercolor painting, and pottery. The youth and adult sport leagues are open for softball, soccer, and basketball. And adults can register a full team or sign up as a free agent and join one that's already there. That's right up your alley. Nope, this time I'm signing up for Zumba. (gasps) Oh, you're going to love it. Yeah, have you done Zumba? I have. It's kind of like a dance. It's it's basically a dance class, sure. All right. It's fun. I need it. I need to work out a little bit for the summer. 
Well, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is once again issuing a warning related to eye drops associated with a recent outbreak of a drug-resistant infection. So officials are worried the potentially fatal bacteria will spread and cases may be reported for weeks and months to come. So the recalled, recalled products are Ezericare Artificial Tears, Delsam Pharma Artificial Tears, and Delsam Pharma Artificial Eye Ointment. So all of the eye products are imported from India-based Global Pharma Healthcare Private Limited. Food and Drug Administration officials uncovered about a dozen problems with how Global Pharma Healthcare made and tested its eye drops during an inspection from late February through early March. The recent eye infections have led to several deaths and reports of some patients having to have their eyeballs surgically removed. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cannot be too careful yeah. with what we, we you know we used, and yeah. so oh, that's so sad. Well, a container ship, a container ship. Yeah. You've seen those? They sure. made its way up the Columbia River yesterday. Is the largest ever to dock at Portland's uh, Terminal Six, narrowly edging out another massive ship that has set the previous record last year. I love this. The MSC Katie. That's the name. Began heading upriver from Astoria Wednesday morning and had made it as far as Kalam by the afternoon. Was scheduled to arrive around 6 p.m. Now this ship, the MSC Katie, yeah. Miss Katie, we'll call her, is 1,200 feet long. 1,200 feet long. long. Has a maximum capacity of 12,400 TEU. You know what that means? TEU. Yeah, that means 12,000. 400 stacked 20-foot shipping containers. Jeez. That's a lot of cargo. That certainly is. The previous record holder sailed up the Columbia River was only a mere 1,100 feet, which stopped at Terminal 6 last March. Now, Terminal 6 is located on the Columbia River by North Marine Drive. It's the Port of Portland's main terminal for container shipments. Now, this vessel, the Miss Katie, we'll call her, uh, last departed from Seattle, will be bound for Vancouver, Canada, after its stop in Portland. So while it was docked at Terminal 6, it discharged and load about 970 containers. That's amazing. How long is the ship? 1,200 feet. So think about this. That's 1,200 feet. A football field is 300 feet long. So that's four football fields long. End to end. End to end. That's and then let's, let's stack almost 12,500 20-foot shipping yeah. containers. How this thing stays afloat is, uh, you know, beyond yeah. me. That's a lot of weight. That's incredible. So that's incredible for sure. Yeah, in sports, University of Portland baseball team back home starting a three-game series with Loyola Marymount this evening at Joe Wetzel Field on the bluff. First pitch at 6 o'clock. Pilots are 7-2 and two in West Coast Conference play. A big three-game in-state rivalry begins in Eugene this evening as the University of Oregon hosts Oregon State in Pac-12 baseball. Ducks are riding a 10-game winning streak. Tonight's game starts at 7 p.m. and will be televised on the Pac-12 network. Oregon is six and three in conference play, while the Beavers are five and seven. On May twenty third, nineteen ninety two, an important Italian anti mafia judge, Giovanni Falcone, was driving down a motorway in Sicily with his wife and police escort, and a little before six p.m., a bomb exploded on the route near the city, killing the judge, his wife 
three members of the escort. Now, the bombing was perpetrated by the Sicilian Mafia in retaliation for Falcone's fight against organized crime and has become one of the most notorious mafia attacks in modern Italian history. Well, today, in the location of the bombing is a garden filled with olive trees and dedicated to the memory of those who lost their lives that day over 30 years ago. Now, during the general audience at the Vatican... This week, representatives of the Italian National Police Force gave Pope Francis a bottle of oil made from those trees in light of the chrism mass to be celebrated on Holy Thursday. Now, the olives from this garden were already distributed to Sicilian bishops in 2022 in order to become the Holy Order oils to administer the sacraments. Well, this year, the Italian police force amplified the initiative, distributing the oil from the garden to all the police headquarters across the country so that they could be given to the local bishops. Now, as a bishop of Rome, Pope Francis received the bottle on the sidelines of the general audience on St. Peter's Square from the chief of police commissioner of the city. And he was accompanied by the chaplain of the Rome police and a representative of the National Police Force. Mm. Talk about keeping a memory going. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Oh, it's become a favorite evening. Drinks with Dominicans. You've heard about it. Well, how about this one? Next Wednesday at 7 o'clock, it's desserts with Dominicans for young people. It's happening at Aquinas Hall at Holy Rosary Church here in Portland. All 6th through 12th grade youth are invited to join Father Joseph Selinger in the fireplace room of Aquinas Hall for a talk on the spirituality of the Order of Preachers. They ask you to please RSVP. And remember, you can find details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And Brenda continues her talk on the Catechism Garden. It sounds like the vegetable garden, this segment. Oh, St. Fiacre's got an idea for you. All right, right after the forecast. Support for Mater Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Please join Mater Dei Radio and Franciscan missionary Sister Anne Marie Warren with the morning offering. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with this holy sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. In name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For more prayer resources, and to let us know how we can pray for your intentions, please visit materdayradio.com. 
Modern Day Radio's Leadership Circle connects through all-source communications. Is a technology upgrade in your company's future? All-source communications is an independent local telecom brokerage specializing in internet and phone systems. Connect today at allsourcecommunications.com. That's allsourcecommunications.com. Or call 503-967-4887 for All Source Communications, connecting Monterey Radio's leadership circle. Spring is in bloom at Monterey Radio, and with the warming weather comes a wide variety of exciting Catholic events. Plug into all this family fun through the Hail Mary Media app. From parish festivals to spiritual retreats, you'll find it all on a community calendar that integrates directly into your car's mapping program. Matrade Radio's Hail Mary Media app also brings you powerful spiritual resources, including Liturgy of the Hours with the monks at Mount Angel Abbey, a customized schedule of all your prayer reminders, a stream of Matrade Radio's live broadcasts, podcast of all our original programming, including shows only available on the app, videos, Catholic news, and more. Download it all today. Search Hail Mary Media in the App Store, Google Play, or go to MatradeRadio.com for more details. Spring into holiness and get the Hail Mary Media app now from Matraday Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Today is 8.15 at Matraday Radio. Eh, Going to be a rainy day today, 100% chance of showers, high of 54 degrees. Same for tonight, low of 46. Then looks like around 50 to 80% chance of rain for Friday. High of 56 degrees and then uh, showers through the weekend. Currently, it is a wet 45 degrees at St. Thomas Catholic Church in Camas. And it is 47 degrees at St. Paul Church in Silverton. I am continuing now my conversation with Margaret Reilly. We are talking today about her new book, A Garden Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition and How to Grow Them. Margaret is joining us today. Well, to give us a little inspiration to get out into the garden. Margaret, thanks so much for staying with me today. Thank you. Well, Margaret, we want to talk about some things about how to have a prayer garden. You're going to give us some tips in just a moment. But there's also a unique way in growing vegetables. Tell us about it. Thank you. I would love to tell you about the St. Cray Garden. Now, St. Cray, first of all, he created the first Marian Garden. And um, St. Francis is usually seen in the garden, but he's actually a patron of of the environment and not necessarily of gardens. St. Fiacre is really the patron saint for gardens, and he used to grow um, just copious amounts of vegetables and fruits and things. But there was an interesting twist to what he did in that, of course, he tithed to the poor, but it's what I call a reverse tithing. He gave away 90% of his garden to feed the, you know, the community and only kept 10% for himself or his brother monks. So it's something that I encourage any community or even for your own little vegetable garden is to consider planting a garden in remembrance or I should say to honor St. Fiacre and share what you grow. And that's sharing more than just zucchinis. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you know, you can't help but feel wonderful about bringing things in. I think that we've had it even here at the station before where somebody will grow that, that item and beautiful heirloom tomatoes and zucchini and all kinds of things and bring them in. And to be able to take these things home and then just make a wonderful meal, you go, 
Well, this is how God had designed it all along. Oh, I am so inspired. Yes, that's that's very true. He did intend for us to share. Well, you talked about some of those greeneries and and different types of plants, just depending on your own well spiritual journey. Margaret, we were talking as we were preparing that the rosemary, that beautiful herb that we can use in so many of our own cooking dishes, we can grow our own herbs there. There is a unique story about rosemary and the life of Christ, especially, you know, as we move into this Easter season of the calendar that, well, you know, different kinds of plants can also help us reflect on the life of our saints and our Savior, Jesus. Tell us about the rosemary. Well, the rosemary was present throughout all of Christ's life, and it's really not mentioned in the Bible because the rosemary was used as a, a utilitarian herb. So to be in the Bible would be like writing about dish soap. It's not relevant to the story of Christ, but it's used as an insect repellent um, during the nativity. Uh, Joseph, being a bachelor all of his life, would have known well to use the rosemary to repel insects in bedding. So he would have probably just walked outside the stable, broken a few branches and laid it in the manger. The other thing is, is that it's, uh, the shrub is used for laundering. So when crows were washed, it would be laid upon a rosemary bush and the sun would draw the oils into the fabric and again would protect people from, you know, insects. So through all of Christ's life, his freshly laundered clothes would have smelled of rosemary. Wow. And then in in the uh, religious practices of the Jews, um, copious amounts of rosemary were used in the tombs, possibly to um, mask the odor. And the holy women, when they were coming um, after the Sabbath to anoint Jesus' body, would definitely have carried armloads of this herb, and in all likelihood, cast them aside when they realized the risen Christ. Of course would not have need for them. Wow. You know, we are always looking for natural ways, especially here in the Pacific Northwest, kind of part of our healthy living outlook on life to find those ways that are natural insect repellents and, well, go no further than your own garden and get a few uh, sprigs of rosemary. See if that'll do the trick for you. That's just some of what you'll learn in Margaret's new book, a Gardener's Catechism. Margaret, tell our listeners where they're going to be able to get a copy for themselves. Of course, you can go through our Sunday Visitor Catholic Bookstore. Local um, Christian and Catholic stores or catalogs, you can order through them if they don't already have it in stock. And there are many online sites like Amazon or Christian Booksellers, Barnes & Nobles, any of those sources. Oh, it sounds perfect. You can pick up a copy for yourself. But Margaret, you also have access through Facebook and your online webpage. If somebody wanted to give this a gift or keep it for themselves, maybe a signed copy, find more information, where can they go do that? They just go to Facebook and look up my name, Margaret Rose, really. It will uh, show you where I'm at and you can send me a message or you can go on Facebook to the Catholic Gardener and do the same. Um Either one is is a good source if you'd like a signed copy. Oh, well, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for that. And Margaret, thank you for your time today. What a wonderful book. Oh, and we look forward to getting out in our gardens very soon. Thank you so much for your time today. Thank you.
And again, that is Margaret Rose Reilly. So the name of her book in full, A Garden Catechism, 100 Plants in Christian Tradition and How to Grow Them. It is out by our Sunday Visitor Press. I will be sure to add all of the links that Margaret was just talking about so you can get right to where you need to be. You'll find those links on the podcast of this interview, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.22 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. So I was out looking at my little garden area, uh-huh. and the raspberries are starting to get little, oh, little bits they? of growth on them. Okay. Long way to go. <laughs> they still look kind of spindly right now. Uh, but... It's such a long little walk across my small uh, lawn. Yeah. It's a muddy one, though. Yeah. My backyard is muddy. I got to get in there and do some weeding, because there's like a lot of leads, uh, weeds and grass that mm-hmm. needs to be pulled out and the dirt turned over and uh so there's just another thing to do just need a little bit of a sunny yeah. afternoon on the weekend that's right but before that is april 17th through the 21st oh that's right that is matra day radio's spring share looking forward to this seek the truth is the theme for this year's spring share so we hope you will join us it's such a wonderful week Wonderful guests, volunteers here in the studio. So just looking forward to it and an opportunity as well for you to support great Catholic radio programs. It is Mater Dei Radio's Spring share Seek the Truth, April 17th through the 21st. All the information on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Dei Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist, online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. As we strive to overcome our regular sins this Lent, our Lord's last words on the cross each offer a remedy for one of the seven deadly sins. The fourth words from the cross are, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Humility counters pride. Pride is an inordinate love of one's own excellence, either of body, mind, or thinking that we have no superiors. Pride is what made Satan fall from heaven and man fall from grace. Because the proud forget God, Jesus offered reparations for their godlessness. It broke his heart in the saddest of all cries, My God, why hast thou forsaken me? We must not glory in ourselves, for God resists the proud. A person six feet tall is not humble if they were to say they're only five feet tall. Humility is truth, the recognition of gifts as gifts and faults as faults. The humble soul is always the thankful soul. This is Matt Maloney from KnowTheFaith.net. Chesterton Academy for Saudi welcomes Dale Alquist, president of the Society of G.K. Chesterton, to its To the Heights Gala, Saturday night, April 22nd. This is Dale Alquist with a personal invitation to join me in Portland for a big celebration of the opening of Chesterton Academy for Saudi. It's going to be a very fun evening. There is merriment and there is Chestertonian merriment. So please come out and support the wonderful work that Chesterton Academy for Saudi is doing to help raise the church's next generation of leaders and thinkers and saints. 
don't miss the Chesterton Academy for Saudis to the Heights Gala, Saturday night, April 22nd at the Aquinas Hall Ballroom in Portland. For tickets, sponsorships, and more details, visit ChestertonForSaudi.org for an evening of Chestertonian merriment with Dale Alquist. What's your next mission from God? You do have one. We all do. God has something in mind for us right where we are. This is Julie Anderko. Please join me on Your Next Mission from God, where the saints show us just how it's done. They've been through it, and sometimes they even got it wrong before they got it right. Listen to Your Next Mission from God, Saturday mornings at 7.15 and Sunday mornings at 8.15, right here on the bridge between your faith and everyday life, Mater Day Radio. It's the cup that refreshes the morning blend on Mater Day Radio. It is 826 at Mater Day Radio, and why it is important to get a good night's sleep. We'll tell you about a new study in the news. And did St. Gregory the Great wash the feet of an angel? Well, you decide for yourself coming up in news. Here is Matt Marr now with more Lenten music for you this Holy Thursday. You were on the cross. And we are David and Brenda on the Morning Blend right here at Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. Lost, everything is lost, and everything I've loved before is gone. Like the coming of the frost And a cold winter's chill In my stony heart
is Matt Marr, and you were on the cross. It's 8.30 at Mater Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. And in your news this morning, Pope Francis has offered advice for how to have a fruitful Holy Week, urging people to focus on the essentials and look to the cross as the source of hope. In his last public audience Wednesday before the start of the Paschal Triduum, the Pope noted how many people today who walk down the street appear sad, focused only on their cell phones, but without peace and without hope. He urged people to eliminate useless things that are substitutes for hope during Holy Week to focus on the true source of hope found in Christ. Eric Rosales from EWTN News Nightly has more of the story. Pope Francis reminds the faithful not to let resentment or sadness inflict our lives. In his weekly talk to pilgrims at the Vatican, the Holy Father says we should never lose hope regardless of our situation, because just as things look bleak after the death of our Lord, if we trust God, something good can be just around the corner. Well, Pope Francis offered the Holy Week reflection in his first general audience after being released from Gemelli Hospital, where he was being treated for bronchitis. And at the end of the Wednesday audience, Pope Francis appealed for peace in Ukraine and asked people to pray for victims of war this Holy Week. Well, Oregon experienced one of the nation's largest increases in homelessness between 2020 and 2022. This according to the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development's 2022 Annual Homelessness Assessment report to Congress. Now, the number of people experiencing homelessness in Oregon grew nearly 23% during the two-year span, increasing by a little over 3,300 people to about 18,000, according to a federally mandated physical count of homeless individuals. Now, that rate was well above the national average of less than 1% growth in people experiencing homelessness and far outstripped that of other West Coast states, with Washington experiencing a 10% hike and California a 6% increase. Officials say lack of affordable housing, just one of the reasons for the dramatic increase. And the city of Tigard is taking steps to help families experiencing homelessness find transitional housing. The city council voted last month to turn the quality in on Southwest Pacific Highway into a homeless shelter for struggling families. This is done through the state's Project Turnkey, which acquires and converts motels or hotels into shelters for people experiencing homelessness. Now, struggling families will be able to stay in the hotel for a few months while they get back on their feet. The hotel will be able to accommodate about 70 families. The nonprofit Family Promise of Tualatin Valley will be managing the hotel shelter. And in a statement, they said the program will provide a safe, supportive place for families to get back on their feet and do the hard work in order to get into more permanent housing. So, Brenda, did you get a good night's sleep last night? Not too bad. Pretty good? Yeah. Well, that's good. New study is pointing to the fact that how important it is to get a good night's sleep. In fact, researchers found the more sleep problems you have, the greater the risk of stroke. The study published Wednesday in the journal Neurology analyzed data for more than 4,500 people participating in a large international study of patients who have experienced a stroke. 
Now, results showed people who slept less than five hours a night on average were three times more likely to have a stroke than those who got the seven hours of sleep recommended, basically, Mm -hmm. as what you should get. Now, risk factors include, see if you're one of these, snoring, snorting, tossing and turning, (laughs) napping for long long periods of time during the day, and waking up during the night. So practicing good sleep hygiene, eating a healthy diet, and getting regular exercise are all key ways to reduce the negative impact of sleep disorders and reduce stroke and cardiovascular risk. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, I like the idea of eating healthy yeah. in order to have a good night's sleep. And in fact, one of the things I found since I've become, we'll just say, a certain age, I can't drink coffee in the afternoon. Right. It disrupts yeah. my sleep. Whereas when I was a younger... It didn't matter to me. I could have a, a regular cup of coffee anytime and, mm-hmm. and sleep like a baby that night, but not so much anymore. So I do pay attention to what uh, what I eat and drink as it gets later into the evening. Well, yeah, and that's a good point because one of the things they talk about too, in fact, you're finding this more and more, that if you eat a light early dinner, it's much more beneficial for you. So like when I'm saying early, I'm like 4.30 or 5 o'clock okay. and not after that and then eat lightly. And that way you kind of, you hear the importance of like uh, fasting. Sure. These are like little mini fasts between the time you eat an early dinner and the time you have breakfast. Well, I know how I feel after you've had a heavy meal in the evening. Yeah, that'll disrupt your sleep for sure. Well, registration for summer activities and fall sport leagues operated by Vancouver Parks and Recreation and Cultural Services open at 7 a.m. on April 12th. No registration for summer day camp fills up quickly and space is limited. A new payment plan was created to support families who rely on recreation day camps as a safe childcare option during the summer and prefer to pay tuition on a weekly basis instead of upfront at the time of registration. In addition to the usual summer day camps for ages 6 to 10, there is also a new teen adventure camp offered this year for ages 11 to 14. And the Access to Recreation Camp is open to ages 13 and over and is designed for people with disabilities. Now, besides day camp, summer registration boasts a wide range of recreation opportunities for children and adults, including swim lessons, rock climbing, sports camps, and dance classes. Youth and adult sport leagues are open for softball, soccer, and basketball also, also, and adults may choose to register a whole team or, David, enter into the free agent draft. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Listen to the birds, the beautiful azaleas. It's a tradition Unlike any other, I'm talking about the Masters Golf Tournament in Augusta, Georgia. With the opening round underway this morning at beautiful Augusta National, it's the 87th edition of the Masters with 88 players hoping to win the coveted green jacket. Scotty Scheffler is your defending champion. He is one of the co-favorites along with Rory McIlroy. Tiger Woods will be there for the 25th time. Woods is the last player to win the Masters back-to-back. That was 2001 and 2002, so pretty amazing. Right now, a bunch of players at two under par, and what I've been hearing, too, is that the weather might get a a little bit inclement 
over the weekend. So I'll have to see how that plays out. Oh, interesting. Now, David, I was talking to you about this yesterday. There is a little fun tradition ahead of the rounds is that there is the, I want to say it's, I like, it's not the last hole, I don't think it could be, where that big pond is ahead of the hole. Yeah. And the players will go out and attempt to skip their golf ball across the lake, like literally hit it. And it'll bounce, bounce, bounce a few times and then get it up on the green. There is an incredible shot online you can find on YouTube. Player makes a hole in one from that. Just skips it across the lake, up onto the green and rolls in. I'm going to show you that after the show. That's pretty cool. Well, the church continues a long-standing tradition on Holy Thursday of washing people's feet during Mass. Philip Kozlowski from Alatea points out that the tradition seeks to imitate Jesus' act of service when he washed the feet of his 12 apostles. So as a result, priests and bishops select 12 individuals to come forward during Holy Thursday Mass to have their feet washed. However, St. Gregory the Great ended up washing the feet of 13 individuals. And here's what the St. Andrew Daily Missal explains what happened. According to a tradition, the alteration was made by St. Gregory the Great. This holy pope, when washing the feet of 12 poor men, noticed one more of a very beautiful countenance. And when he tried to know who he was after the ceremony, the mysterious poor had disappeared. St. Gregory believed it wasn't an angel, or our Lord himself. Now the tradition was revived by St. Paul VI, who according to the New York Times, he washed the feet of 13 priests. And this is what it said. While all other Catholic bishops will wash the feet of only 12 apostles, the Pope washed 13. And he does this in memory of a legend dating back to the papacy of St. Gregory the Great, where it is said that St. Gregory, while performing this ceremony, noticed a stranger that had entered the group And the 13th person has said to have been either an angel or Jesus himself. Hmm. So while it is impossible to verify the truth behind this legend, the tradition reminds us that we should treat everyone as if they were Jesus. That's great. I like that story. It's time to find out what's going on in our Catholic community. Well, something for your calendar coming up April 16th at 2 o'clock p.m. It is Divine Mercy Sunday at Our Lady of Sorrows Church here in Portland. All are invited to join the Divine Mercy and Our Lady of Fatima Crusade in celebrating a beautiful Divine Mercy Sunday. You can find the details on these and other events. Head over to the community calendar, materdayradio.com and the Hail Mary media app. Terry Ross, host of Glory of the Mass. He's going to join us right after the forecast. Support for Matre Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Best Buy in Town Landscape Supply. Since 1984, Best Buy in Town has been supplying the area with landscape products and services, including bark dust blowing, rock, soil, sod, and recycler of yard debris. Located at 2200 Cornelius Pass Road in Hillsboro. Online at bestbybark.com or 503-645-6665. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our leadership circle members, including Holy Family Supply, Salem's Catholic Bookstore. Located at 421 Court Street Northeast in downtown Salem, 
Holy Family Supply has a wide variety of Catholic gifts for all occasions, including Bibles, rosaries, statues, and holy cards. Holy Family Supply current hours and days of operation are available by phone at 503-588-1071. Would you like to make your spring cleaning plans a little easier this year? Let Mater Day Radio give you a hand. If you have a car, truck, van, RV, or boat that you would like to clear out, our vehicle donation program is just the answer. You can donate your vehicle to Mater Day Radio and get a likely tax deduction in return. It's quick and easy, giving you a real jump start to your spring cleaning. Learn more about our vehicle donation program at materdayradio.com. It is 843 at Monterey Radio. Not 100% chance of rain today. High of 54 degrees. Same for tonight. Low of 46. Then around an 80 to 50% chance of rain on Friday. A high of 56 and more showers through the weekend. Currently, it is 46 degrees at the St. Vincent de Paul Center in Vancouver. And 46 degrees at St. John the Baptist in Milwaukee. Well, on this Holy Thursday, we have come through the Lenten season and enter into this mini liturgical season in the calendar, the Easter Triduum. Well, we know now that our Lenten sacrifice is just about over and the celebration of all celebration happens on Sunday as we honor the Easter Sunday Mass. Terry Ross is host of The Glory of the Mass. And well, as always, he has picked out the perfect music to prepare us for this celebration. Beautiful sacred liturgical music for this season. Good morning, Terry. Thanks so much for joining us today. Good morning, Brenda. Nice to be here. Terry, as we have talked over all of the years that you have been doing the glory of the Mass, we've covered a few Easter celebrations. If I recall, you said previously that almost all of the great Renaissance writers, they've had a Mass written for Easter. That's true. Or, or, or for uh, for Holy Week in general, yes. Okay. Now, this particular case, though, as with sacred liturgical music is... All of it is very beautiful, and you've picked out a very special Mass, not necessarily written for Easter, but perfect for this Sunday. Nonetheless, tell us about what you have in store this week. We're celebrating the Spanish composer Tomas Luis de Victoria all during the month of April with his Masses uh, for each of our programs. This Mass is called Ave Regina Celorum, the Misa Ave Regina Celorum, which means Hail to the Queen of Heaven. Mm. which isn't specifically Easter-ish, but it's a very beautiful Mass. The parts of the Mass that are really Easter-ish are the proper, uh, where we have, this is the day, resurrects it, and that sort of thing that applies specifically to Easter Day. Oh, well, fantastic. And we also look forward to this as we go back to the regular singing of the, and I'll say it for this time, the Alleluia comes back on Sunday, and we know many beautiful pieces have been written to celebrate and bring back that beautiful uh, song and word. Now, let's talk about Victoria here. We said before that many Renaissance artists, they were specifically hired by a, a church to write a music. Do we know where Victoria was housed or seated that his music was specifically written for? Uh, in some cases, we do. He, he he traveled around quite a bit. Oddly enough, he hardly ever left Spain because he was sort of a homeboy. Okay. Um, I he, can appreciate that. Yeah. He ended up <laughs> spending a lot of his time in Rome. 
Um, but uh, as for having a specific uh, assignment, um, that he varied. He wrote music for different places. I see. Joining us today to give us a preview of this week's episode of The Glory of the Mass is their host, Terry Ross. Now, remember, you can listen to The Glory of the Mass right here at Mater Day Radio. It airs Saturdays at 4 o'clock and Sundays at 2. Of course, you have access to the podcast on our webpage and, of course, the Hail Mary Media app. Well, along with many of these composers writing for the celebration of Easter, well, they've also written to honor the Blessed Virgin Mary, the Ave Maria. We are so familiar with the Schubert rendition, but he is not the only one who has ever written an Ave Maria. Remind our listeners about it and how you've managed to get two into this week's episode. I think basically all Renaissance composers wrote an Ave Maria, at least one. Some of them wrote several. Um, I managed to squeeze two into this uh, program. One is by Ludwig Zenfel, uh, probably the foremost Swiss composer of the Renaissance, spelled S-E-N-F-L. And the other is by a French composer named Loisette Compère, C-O-M-P-E-R-E. So we have two Ave Marias uh, to go with our Misa, Ave Regina Celorum. So there's quite a little, quite a bit of uh, celebration of the Virgin mixed into this program. That's excellent. Now, with these renditions, the words are the same, right? They take the same words and then they place it to their own music. That's right. That's right. Oh, excellent. Well, that is just some of what you will hear if you go to our webpage. You can see the full playlist of The Glory of the Mass. We're talking about the Easter celebration. So on our webpage, that would be episode 188. Well, Terry, as we always do, we preview a piece of the music. And this one, again, one of our favorites. We always rely on William Byrd. has a beautiful piece that you have included in this week's episode. Tell us about it. William Byrd wrote a little motet for, a gra- for our gradual, Heck Dies. This is the day the Lord has made. Very specific, proper. And this was set probably in the late 16th century. And the, the singers are the 16, a very superb English ensemble. So hear a little bit of that. Excellent. Now, when you say the gradual as part of the proper, remind our listeners again what that means. Well, the proper consists of texts that are sung at different times of the Mass. We start out with the introit, which is when the celebrant is coming into the church. Then we have the gradual, which comes after the first reading. The Alleluia, which comes after the second reading. The Offertory, which is sung while the celebrant is preparing the gifts for communion. And then the Communion, which is sung while the gifts are being distributed to the congregation. Excellent. So if you were to open up your Missal for this Sunday, you would see the Responsorial Psalm, which in this case is what we are calling the gradual. That's exactly right. Excellent. Well, here is that piece by William Byrd.
I just want to continue to listen to that entire piece. Incredibly beautiful, incredibly joyful and uplifting for a celebration such as Easter. So they're called the 16th. Is that directly associated with the number of people that are in this choir? Originally, yes. Okay. Um, but it, but it varies from okay know, from 8 to 20. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then correct me if uh, this is not correct, but the way that the different singers were coming in, singing different words, would this be a good example of polyphony? Exactly. That's exactly what it is. Polyphony. The singers singing the same words, but at different times. I love it. And of course, that's a beautiful uh, piece by William Byrd. Um, and he was interesting because William Byrd was a Catholic. And England was not Catholic at that time, but he was tolerated and, in fact, encouraged because he was such a good musician. But still, he could not perform his mass, his three masses, in public at all. They had to be performed privately in people's homes. And is there any record of William Byrd uh, writing or performing for the King and Queen of England? Hmm. Yes, I believe so. Okay. I believe so, yes. All right, that would make sense. Yeah, he wrote, he wrote pieces in English as well as in Latin, so yes. All right. Well, I like that idea, too. Well, again, Terry, it's just wonderful to be able to talk to you, to be able to celebrate Easter Sunday, and to be able to have such a beautiful list of music for this week's episode. That'd be 188 for the Glory of the Mass Easter Sunday. Terry, thanks so much for joining us today. My pleasure. And again, that is Terry Ross. So you definitely, please go to our webpage. Look at this full playlist because it's just such a wonderful way to celebrate the Easter season. Perhaps set it to play while you are enjoying your Easter feast with your family. I will add the link to where you can find the full playlist. MaterDayRadio.com and the Hail Mary media app. And it is 8.53 at Mater Day Radio. David and Brenda with you on the Morning Blend. Glory of the Mass, just one of the great locally produced programs we have here, right, on Mater Day Radio. Blazing the Trail, Living Stones, Voice of the Shepherd, View from the Pew, all of those, along with, of course, Glory of the Mass. So get yourself a full programming schedule on our website. Just click on the programming page, program schedule, and you can print a schedule off for yourself. It's on our website at materdayradio.com or through the Hail Mary media app. Support for Mater Day Radio comes from our Leadership Circle members, including Dr. Mark Bianco Family Dentist. Dr. Bianco practices family dentistry in the neighborhood of 122nd Avenue and Stark Street in Southeast Portland. Dr. Bianco Family Dentist online at biancodentistry.com or 503-252-1722. That's 503-252-1722. This is Father Peter Julia, the Vocations Director for the Archdiocese of Portland and Oregon. Please join Modern Day Radio and the Archdiocese of Portland Office of Vocations as we unite in prayer with all young men and women to know their vocation. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, you have created me to know, love, and serve you. I know there are many ways in life to fulfill this calling, but of them all there is one way, especially for me, by which I will become a saint. Help me to desire what you desire for me, and I pray that you send the Holy Spirit into my mind, heart, and soul, so that I will have the courage to follow you in all things. 
Mary, my mother, help me to say yes to God's will as you did. Jesus, my Lord and Savior, help me to love as you love. If it is your will that I am called to serve you as a priest or consecrated person, give me the grace and strength to follow you with joy to the end. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you get when you cross a Catholic radio show host and a permanent deacon? A match made in heaven. I'm Deacon Scott Aiken from the Archdiocese of Seattle. And I'm Brenda Aiken from The Morning Blend. Work and family life can be hectic. We understand, and together we'll find God's grace. We may not always agree, but we are always faithful. Listen on Friday evenings at 7.30 and Sunday evenings at 6 as we share stories about our faith, our family, and our view from the pew. Right here on Day Radio, the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Morning Blend, two hours a day for two times the fun on Mater Day Radio, the station dedicated to the Blessed Virgin Mary. And it is 8.55 at Mater Day Radio. One last look at your forecast this morning. 100% chance of rain today. How about that? 54 degrees, your high. 100% chance of rain overnight tonight, low of 46. Then about an 80% chance of rain for Friday, Saturday, 30%, Sunday, 90%. So I guess keep the rain jacket handy. Okay, and That's, my uh, umbrella. And your umbrella. Highs in the mid-50s, lows in the mid-40s. It's currently 46 degrees in the Rose City. And closing our show today, here is Crowder, Good God Almighty. We are the Morning Blend on Mater Day Radio, leading souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary. But the times I've called your name some broken night And you showed up and patched me up like you do every time I get amnesia I forget that you keep coming around There ain't no way you ever
That is Crowder and Good God Almighty. It's 859 at Mater Day Radio. Well, that's going to do it for this week. All right. Yeah. Let us begin this Easter Triduum now. Thanks, everyone, for joining us all this week. We do appreciate it. David and Brenda with you on this Holy Thursday. Uh, we're off tomorrow for Good Friday. That's so, right. So uh, we'll be back with you on Easter Monday. That's right. Yeah. we got special programming. And as I said early in the show, if you want to see that lineup of programming, head over to our webpage at materdayradio.com. You'll find it there. We hope you have a very blessed weekend and a very happy Easter.